0: By the Happiness 101 program. Hello,
1: salam, shalom, namaste, sasha kal, aloha, hola, ciao, bonjour, bona, and previat. It's really, really good to be with you again. And guess what? We have our returning guests with us, and you'll be so happy about who that is, because it's Spencer Jones, who is the prince of positivity. I'm so happy to have you back with us, Spencer. Welcome.
2: Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me back. I had such an amazing time the last time we were together, and I'm so honored and blessed that you invited me back to continue to shine and hopefully help you and everybody here shine their light. So thank you. Thank you.
1: Yes, you know, last time I had such a fun time talking with you about the idea of energy sovereignty and you shared some of your own story of how you became the Prince of positivity, And, um, you know, towards the end and maybe a little bit in the beginning and middle, like we were discussing this idea of energy vampires because of course we didn't have enough time Mm -hmm. to really dig into it and so for those of you who are listening right now and you missed our first episode please go check it out and I'm so happy you are joining us again today because today we're going to dig deeper into the ideas behind this concept of energy vampires. So Spencer, actually, before we jump into talking about energy vampires, just for those people who missed the first episode, will you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do?
2: Yeah, of course, of course. Um, And there's so much we talked about last uh, episode about energy sovereignty. What is that? What does that look like? How does it feel? And all those things. So uh, Samia said, go back and check out that episode if you can. Uh, and today I'm really excited to talk about energy vampires uh, because we can vanquish them. We can vanquish them. Mm, it's gonna be so good. But before we get there, um, uh, about me. My name is Spencer Jones. Uh, as you said, I'm the Prince of Positivity. I must be positive in some way, shape, or form. I just I love helping ignite people's lights and fan the flame so that they could shine their light. Because you have this amazing, beautiful light inside of you, and we love to help it shine. So that's. That's what I get the honor to do is to connect with amazing people and leaders like you to shine their light. So we do that through our community, through our Jones and Ford Academy, our personal growth Academy, that's all online and our events. So it's just an honor to, to help the world be a better, more positive place.
1: I love it, I love it. And uh, you know, your work as the Prince of Positivity goes, uh, very, very well with the work I do at the Happiness Expert. So I'm extra happy to have you with us.
2: <laughs> it's a perfect combination. The Happiness Expert, the Prince Positivity coming together to to really uh, impact people's lives.
1: Indeed, indeed. Okay, so you know, Spencer, please, you have to tell me more uh, about your concept of energy vampires.
2: Yeah, thanks for asking. We started this conversation a little bit uh, in the last uh, interview, last chat we had, and we didn't get enough time to, to dive into it because energy vampires. Uh, it can, it's a deep topic, and we experience energy vampires. Everybody does to some degree uh, in all areas of our life. So, energy vampires. The way I look at them is when we hear energy vampires, it's a relatively easy concept idea uh, to wrap our head around. Is that the, the first thing that at least comes to my mind, an energy vampire is like a, a vampire that sucks your blood, but instead of sucking blood, it sucks your energy. So they're people who suck our energy away from us, right? Whether they, you know, let's give an example. Maybe you have been um, around a group of friends or a person in your life, and after you're hanging out with them for 10 minutes or an hour, all of a sudden you feel like, oh, I feel tired. I feel exhausted, drained, depleted. Or sometimes you take on their attributes of their energy at times, right? All of a sudden, they're just, they're seeping their energy into you. And so the idea of an energy vampire is something that drains our energy. Um, I'll give another analogy of this. Um, I think of, if you want to think of your energy as being in a cup, right? we talk about filling your cup and, and pouring into you. Well, your cup, right, is, is you as a vessel and the the water inside or whatever, coffee, tea, whatever you like is inside. That's your energy. Well, energy vampires are poking holes in your cup and draining it. Now, the scary part is sometimes we know about these energy vampires. We know who they are and we know to avoid them. Like, oh, I don't want to go see my my Uncle John because he drains my energy, right? Or that person at the the holiday party. Oh, that that they, they drain my energy. I don't want to be around them. But the scary part is there are people in our life who drain our energy, who are energy vampires that we don't realize. And then not only are there people, that's the most common one that we think of with energy vampires, that they people. But there's two other big categories that are energy vampires. And that's what we love to raise our, our energizers awareness of and everyone's awareness of these. So we have people, the common one. But then the places, organizations, work, things like that, that you go to that can be energy vampires as well. So if you go into a job that you hate and you despise, it's draining your energy, right? Or maybe you joined a, an organization. Um, we, we had an Energizer share once that they joined a church and they it served them and, and poured into them and helped them. But then over the years, it started to drain their energy mm. and became an energy vampire for them. And then they found a different church that aligned and then that church that poured into them. So they realized, oh, what once what once, what once served me, this is really hard for me to say, apparently, what once served me now doesn't. Yeah. And okay, so now I'm aware of that. So it could be a person, it could be a place, a thing, an organization, a group, company, something like that. But the other one, the one that's hidden that most people don't realize are energy vampires are the thoughts that you think and the words that you say to yourself and to other people. So also now we got this whole world of energy vampires that we might not realize. So the thought or saying to yourself, well, I'm not worthy. Who am I? I'm not enough. Uh, All of those limiting beliefs those things and thoughts that we say, uh, that we think, and then say to ourselves, either out loud or silently, or even when we say to other people, like, oh, I'm dumb, like, I, I'll never get that. Uh, "Who I, I, I can't, I'm i not able to do that, I'm not smart enough. I've, I've heard people say that, I've said things like that to other people, also now that's draining my energy. But I don't think about it as draining my energy, it's just something I said, or maybe I said it to be funny. But what it's doing is it's draining our energy. It's poking holes in our cup, so that now when we pour into it, it's just getting drained out, and not able. It's not able to be filled at all. It's just as energy is getting poured out into all these different things—things things that, things, people, things, and thoughts and words that we say intentionally. Like some times we know that these things are people are sucking our energy away. Other times we don't. And it's usually those hidden ones that really drain us and lead us to get closer to burnout or into that burnout stage feeling exhausted and then we're cranky we're upset we're not healthy physically mentally we can't be there for the people we love in our life if we don't take care of these energy vampires Mm.
0: hey thanks for tuning into this episode hope you're getting value out of it for your information this episode has been sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Are you a change maker, coach, trainer, or healer? Are chains of fear holding you back from making the impact and income you desire? Using a unique combination of positive psychology and the spiritual wisdom of our most effective change makers, The Happiness 101 program helps you break through your limiting beliefs and manifest the abundance and success you desire with fun and ease. Interested? Book a free Happiness 101 exploration call with me, your happiness expert, Samia Vano. Just use my online calendar link in the show notes. Now back to the show. Ah, thank you
1: so much for going in depth about explaining this concept and idea because even though I think most people uh, have heard of it or can intuitively get a sense of what it might mean, I think a lot of people just think of other people. When they think of energy vampires and they think of certain types of people that are very obvious in their impact on our energy. And, and so we're not even aware of these other types of energy vampires or even those people in our lives who are not so obvious Uh, in their personality types when we think of energy vampires in general and that was something that I really appreciated and loved about your understanding of energy vampire Spencer because um, awareness I think is always the first key to creating change and making it fun and easy and so it's like if you're not even aware how can you even begin to solve the problem (laughs)
2: Right? You need the awareness. That's the first step for everything because yeah. as you just said, first you have to be aware and then you could choose to change it, to keep it, to do whatever but you can't do any of that unless you're aware and the, uh, the energy vampires it's, it's interesting because some of them are very obvious like you said like oh I know this type of person might do this or even this organization but then there's the sneaky ones the thoughts or the once organizations, groups that did serve they were like, "Well, why isn't it serving I me?" Well, yes. Okay, the Empire. or the people. Like, I had friends in my life who were who were great friends at the time. They poured into me, but after I, I grew, and they didn't want to grow anymore, or at or whatever, no harm or foul, no judgment on them. Then they were holding me back. Then they were starting to suck my energy away, and so I wanted to make sure that I. I'm aware, I'm vigilant of what's draining my energy, what's what's pouring into me and, and energizing me, and what's draining it. What are the energy vampires sucking away that energy? Because I could intentionally give my energy to, well, right. oh, I want to give my energy to this person because I choose to. That's okay. They can still be an energy vampire, but if you intentionally allow it, okay, I'm mindful of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we also need to be mindful of, oh, we need to make sure we take time for us to fill our cup. So that we're pouring into the person, as opposed to them in, uh, taking it away without us knowing.
1: Yes, I, I, like I can give an example of when you may intentionally choose to pour your energy in a person or a situation that actually drains you to some extent, uh, and that my example is that uh, like moms. Or other caregivers you know um, I'm a caregiver I'm not a mom but I am a caregiver I take care of my brother I take care of my parents I have uh, before my grandmother's passed away, I was involved in taking care of them and you know I didn't Always have the skills that I do now and the awareness and the knowledge that I do now in terms of taking care of my own self. And I've been caregiving like for a long time, like since certainly con- at a conscious level. I think the first time I chose to become a caregiver was in my teens. Like I was around maybe 14-15 years old. And um, my, my brother had this like major accident, uh, which left him uh, wheelchair-bound. And um, at the same time, you know, I had a grandmother whose health was sort of deteriorating. And, um, you know, she was having a harder, harder time with her mobility and other things. And so I found myself in a situation where... Uh, you know, I mean, I didn't have to step up to help and support them, but I chose to do it for whatever motivation. And I thank God because it brought a lot of joy in my life, uh, to to especially with my grandmother, because I only had a few years left with her, you know? And so um, uh, before I knew how to take care of myself also Um, you know I spent so much of my energy just focusing on her trying to take care of her and my brother and I didn't know how to balance all of that time and energy of caregiving with self-care and so it definitely had an impact and uh, you know I didn't even always realize, like, the impact that it was having on me. Uh, like, there was so, it, it's not just about, oh, I get tired and I didn't get enough sleep or something like that. There's also, like, an emotional toll, uh, toll that it can take, you know? Like, when it came time for me, for example, uh, to, to be separated from my grandmother, um, it was, like, so difficult for me. I was like, no, I cannot separate from her. I, I could, I, you know, I, I didn't want to let her go. And, uh, you know, and and so uh, it's just, um, um, I mean, you, you know, at one level, of course, it's natural that, you know, the person that you love, you don't want to let them go. But on the other hand, um, you know, When you think about it from the perspective of healing and recovery and even loving the other person in a healthy way what you know what does that all mean in the context of us being um, sovereign over our own energy which we talked more about last time but then also in the context of um, energy vampires and our relationships right so
2: So can can I ask you some questions about, about, uh, I'm curious. And I imagine a lot of people relate to it. Uh, it's amazing how resilient our bodies are. Mm. Uh, our bodies are are truly incredible that we can give and give and give and be there for other people and have these, you know, maybe it's something we choose to do like caregiving. So I'm choosing to care and and help someone else and pour my love and energy into them or into this group organization. But and our bodies are like, oh, okay, cool. We'll do this. We'll help you out. Or, or, sure, we're Sure, we're lacking sleep or, you know, we're not getting everything we need or not taking the time for you, but we'll make it work. We'll make it work. We'll make it work. But then after some time, it starts to take a toll. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, did you notice, uh, and you mentioned this a little bit, but did you notice that you were starting to get physically tired at times? Not all the time, but at times, uh, were you starting to notice you were getting physically tired?
1: Yeah. Uh yes and um uh, i didn't always know why because there was so much else going on too right i mean i was life, studying as a student exactly and living other life and so sometimes you're just like oh you know, you just get you just get tired and you don't think about oh because it's a lack of self-care
2: Right, yeah, you don't think of it. It's a you, you yeah. go, go, go. Well, I have to survive. Well, I'm a student. I need to do this, that, yeah. the other thing, and all. Uh, it sneaks up on you, but you don't necessarily take the time to realize why I'm tired. You're just, oh, I'm tired. Yeah. So, so yeah. You, you felt physically drained and tired at times. Not all the time, but but it started becoming more and more common, I, I would imagine. And emotionally, how did you feel uh, over time? Did you start to get more emotionally drained? in the way i could see it uh manifesting and and maybe it was different for you but see it as uh you you your emotions were highs and lows a lot faster it Mm -hmm. wasn't it wasn't more gentle or your lows were a little low and then came up it was a drastic like i'm really happy boom i'm i'm upset or sad or frustrated it was uh, much more of a a roller coaster of emotions
1: Mm, in some ways because actually I was also dealing with other trauma at that time. So my emotions were never necessarily going very positive anyway. Um, Like I didn't, there were very brief moments when I felt happy and joyful. And actually a lot of that, when I did feel any sense of peace or happiness or joyful was when I was caregiving for my grandmother or my brother. Because at those times, you know, I was able to sort of put aside my own sense of suffering and hurt and anger that I was, like, struggling with. Um, And so, uh, you know, but definitely, you know, as you become more and more overwhelmed for whatever reason, it becomes even more difficult. Like, I remember it was was an interesting situation because it's not like I was the only person person there who was there to give care to my grandmother and my brother my my aunts and uncles were there we had like a whole army of servants in the house this was um back when I was living in Pakistan you know and over there it's a different sort of culture and class system and so we literally had like more servants in the house than there were family members and but you know, I remember getting angry at the ladies, uh, the women servants who were assigned to take care of my grandmother, because I'd be like, you're doing your job. She just rang the bell and you're sitting here doing whatever. Why aren't you going to help her in And then, And then I would be like, you know what, I'm just going to do it myself. And was like uh, um, one of the things that like my mom got upset about was when at night my grandmother needed care, and the care give you know, the servants who were assigned to um, take care of her, they wouldn't be as vigilant and you know waking up and getting up to help her. And I was always there. I would be like up in a second, there to help my grandmother. And I mean, I was happy to do it, but, you know, in terms of, you know, the, the impact that it had on, on my sleep, you know, being disturbed and then still doing that in the context of being a student and, you know, going to school in the morning, things like that. yes, yeah, so of course, it had some impact, but um, like I didn't always um, immediately uh, like realize what was causing what.
2: There's a, the cause and effect, I, and I really appreciate you sharing and being so open. The cause and effect of it is is not always seen to us uh, as we're going through it. We're just like, this is just life, I'm tired today. And, and we keep going or, oh, well, I'm getting really frustrated over something that was smaller. For me, when I When I was going through some difficult times in my life, it was just like, nope, just keep going, keep working. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. Mm -hmm. All these energy vampires that I now I realize what they were. I didn't realize that at the time. But when I I look back, I'm like, oh, no wonder I was so like, something happened, something small, minute. That would be like, oh, okay, whatever nowadays. Like, sure, that bothered me. But we're good, we're moving over. I would be really angry, pissed off because of that tiny thing and it's just this this fluctuation although at the time it's just what it was i didn't necessarily realize what was going on until i learned more about uh energy vampires and the energy work and uh started reflecting and mastering my own energy sovereignty with it Mm -hmm. but uh you, you also brought up a great point that when you were giving, when you were caring for your grandma, that's when you had joy. So you're, you're going yes. through joy and other things in your life. Yes. That's the one thing that when you're intentionally pouring into someone else and giving and sharing your light, which is a way you love to share, which is beautiful. It also pours into you. Yes. So we, we get asked this question often um, about energy vampires. It's like, well, if I choose to give and pour my energy into it, it's draining my energy. But what up? But well, what if it also gives me energy? For yeah. example, you, I'm caregiving for my grandmother. It's taking my energy. It's it's a toll. It's it's depleting my energy levels. But it's also pouring into me, and that's a beautiful combination. If you could, if you can make that happen for the things you intentionally choose now, I realize that can't happen for all of them. But you find a charity or a foundation or a cause or something you believe in, whether it's a charity cause or a person or whatever that giving to them, and however you choose to do that, it also pours into you. But be careful, because sometimes it's an equal trade, what you give is is what you get in, other times it's not, sometimes you give more, and they they don't fill you up as much as what you're giving, or sometimes they give you more than what you're giving. Just being aware, again, go back to awareness, aware of that energy flow. And so for me, I still like, I love if you can give and be poured into at the same time, that's beautiful but make sure you're still doing things that pour into your cup uh, and, and really help out. But, you know, one of the ways, I'm, I'm not sure if I used this analogy before when we were talking about energy sovereignty, but if we're sticking with that cup analogy, imagine that you have this cup and you have these holes poked in it or broken spots. And those are the energy vampires that are, are sucking away your energy. Well, let's see if we can plug those holes it you know working on that and forgiving yourself forgiving others working at uh setting boundaries all of those things that we need to have and those are just a couple let's plug those holes so now your cup can be filled up and then you can intentionally pour it into wherever you want it to be poured into or even what i like is the excess just let the excess flow and yeah. the over then gets to pour into other people and you're still being poured into and other people are pouring it to you and it, it's a beautiful scenario but first we have to plug those holes uh by removing those energy vampires the unintentional ones and then just shine a light on them right so you're taking your flashlight and shining on them and go oh this is what's happening do i want this do i not want this how do i mitigate it or get rid of it whatever it is
1: yes you know i love the idea of hole plugging in a minute or two or three i will ask you about you know how we begin to plug our holes but before i do that i I, I wanted to um, bring up like another aspect of or another way unintentional energy vampires can exist in our life or energy vampires that we're not aware of can exist in our life. And that is, you know, like uh, w- this idea of like you, you, you just accept things because they're so normal. Because everyone's going through it, or so it seems. And so you're like, oh, that's just part of life. And as a happiness expert, I see this happening all the time. That people make all kinds of compromises in terms of how they live, how they think, how they feel, what even their expectations are. um, Because... Uh, most people, their normal is that they're not in control of their energy. They're not in control of their happiness. And a lot of people don't even believe that you can ever reach a point where you can be in control of your energy and your happiness. You know, Uh, like, for example, if I I say, okay, on a scale of one to ten, How happy are you? For most people, they're somewhere between six and eight. So they're not depressed, thank God. And there's definitely some happiness in their lives. But there's also some struggle. And there is a certain sense of lack of control, you know. And most people say, oh, like, if I can be at an eight, that's amazing. And have moments of Uh, feeling happy at level 10 that's the best you can do you cannot stay at 10 that's impossible we are human but it's like no that's actually not true it's like if you are energy sovereign if you are a happiness expert in the way that I think about it and that I live it you absolutely can be a 10 you can choose to maintain a 10 and you can actually break through that scale even of 1 like, to 10 and you're like no nah. it's truly our our capacity to be happy to be at peace it's actually infinite um, you know if, if you look at it from a spiritual perspective and so uh you know we can we can keep going deeper and deeper and deeper in our experience and capacity to to uh, to to be happy and to have more and more positive energy and being that more positive energy state, that capacity is truly infinite. So, uh, so this, this settling for mediocrity, for just okay, just being okay because you think that's all you can have, isn't that like in itself that mindset a huge energy vampire?
2: Uh, huge. That, that's a huge energy vampire, right? Looking at the uh, the mindsets, the limiting beliefs that we have, the belief that, well, I can't get happier than a seven, maybe an eight. And then I get glimpses and and moments where I get to live that nine and 10 life. That That's a mindset, right? That's a belief system that we have. And, you know, the belief systems to, to steal things I hear from other people, it's a BS system, right? It's your belief system. Let's Let's get rid of it. Let's change it and challenge it. Maybe it holds up, but most of the times they're just beliefs and we could change our beliefs. And that's so I love that you brought that up, that that is a huge energy vampire. So what if, right? Uh, I was a middle school and high school choir director for nine years and I loved working with students. At the beginning of the year, we went through our syllabus. So we talked about what the expectations are in the classroom, the concert. The, the reasons for missing a concert. I was uh, a stricter teacher. I'm like, there's really no reason for you to miss a concert unless, unless like you're, you know, like uh, someone's dying in your immediate family. Okay. And, and I joked around like, if your arm got cut off in that that morning, I'm sure the doctor could bandage you up and you could be there singing in this concert, right? Like, I'm, I'm joking. But it just kind of gave that idea. But it always led to these what if especially with middle schoolers. What if aliens attacked us and did this? What if this? And it used to drive me crazy. I'm like, okay, look, we're not dealing with what ifs. We'll deal with that if that happens. But we're not dealing with it. However, now that we're working with mindsets, the what ifs questions are great. What if? You did have a positive uh, mindset. What if you were able to live at a nine and a 10 and experience things above that? What if you were able to, oh my gosh, this goes to 11? Oh wow, I, I, I believe we could live there. What if that? What would that look like? What would that feel like? What would that do for you in your life if you had that? And then just dream, just be that kid who when, you know, laying on on the grass, looking up at the the sky and seeing the clouds, you're like, oh, look at these cool images and your imagination just started running wild. Let your inner kid out again now and see what would happen. What if I did have those energy vampires? What if this was possible? Who cares if it it is possible at the moment? We're not dealing with the the, the realistic uh, things of it, but what if? And then dream. That's how big things are created. And then what we realize, and I've seen this over and over again. We, you could read books on it. You can listen to podcasts, watch shows and, and experience it in your own life, happening in your personal life and business life and all, all the other aspects of it. What if you dreamt of like, oh, this is possible. Like, oh, I would love to have this in my life. Cool. What do I need to do to do to get there? I need to be in vibrational alignment. Let's start, what actions do I need to take? I'm going to start living as if, great. And then you start taking the action. All of a sudden now it starts happening. And before you know it, Right. Might not be as fast as you want, but soon all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is this is possible. Oh, I'm doing this. Like, I, I didn't see myself running this kind of business before, but I thought and I imagine what if we could do this? And now we're going, what if this bigger thing? So we're saying, let's get rid of the limiting beliefs and, so, and getting rid of those energy vampires to going to something that is invigorating and energizing. What if this? And then let's see how we can make make that uh, oh. a possibility, right? Um, so I love yeah, that yeah. love that you brought that up because it is an energy vampire. Let's let's vanquish that and challenge those those questions, of beliefs. Because you're right; so many people go on autopilot. Well, this is the reality. Everyone else is doing this. Well, are the, uh, the majority of people aren't happy? Right? The majority of people, as you pointed out in your surveys, are a, a six to an eight. So What if you didn't have to be with the majority? What if you were with that one percent or whatever that were living at nine, ten, and above? What if because it's possible there's people doing it? Yeah, why can't you do it? All right, and yeah, we can come up with a bunch of excuses, but let's work through them so that it becomes a reality.
1: Yeah, so thank you, Spencer. You sort of kind of already shifted into starting to help us understand how we can begin to plug some of those holes that are sucking our energy out. Uh, so I, I and I love that you brought up this idea of you know connecting with our inner kid and using our creativity and our ability to dream as a way to plug in some of those holes, because especially when we're thinking about, um, you know, the energy vampire that is the dominant culture that just settles for, for mediocrity and so forth in the context of, you know, uh, uh, you know, our happiness and our, and when our ability to, um, have positive energy and so forth. Um, it, it's like the it, it, like when you have to battle your own environment, change is not fun and easy. You know? No, it, it's it's so, challenging right? It's challenging. yes, yes. In fact it can be one of the most challenging things you ever deal with in your life is to try and battle the environment that you have. And and I, I think you just shared something so wise with us in terms of the way you begin to counteract, that is through tapping into your imagination and your creativity. Ah, I love it.
2: You tap into that. Well, thank you. Uh, you, you tap into the creativity, your inner child allowed to play, your imagination. Yeah. And then you start to intentionally surround yourself with people who are doing the same kind of stuff, right? Because yeah. you, your circle, the, the people you're used to uh, at the time may or may not be doing that, but most likely the majority okay. of them are not. You might have one or two, but then intentionally find the people, well, who's dreaming? Who's asking these what if questions? Who can challenge me in a positive way yeah. to help you learn and grow so that now you're you're changing your environment?
1: Yeah,
2: and then that does change your environment to make it fun and easy because change doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be difficult. We we the way we think about it, like okay, let's say if I wanted to, okay, let's just uh, here's an example. I I messed up in my life. I made some stupid mistakes in my life. I could beat myself up and have guilt and shame. I think we all have this at points in our life, myself included. And the story we hear over and over again is that forgiveness is hard. Forgiving yourself is hard. That That's, that's a common belief and, and said, but is it? Does, does it have to be hard? No, what well, if I chose, no, forgiveness is easy. And I choose that forgiving is going to be easy. Now, what does that mean? Like, okay, Spencer, I forgive you for it. I let it go, I release it, great. And I chose to make it easy. I chose that I'm gonna get rid of that negativity that darkness poof gone yeah. I'm done with. it. Why can't it be that easy but it, yes. it's not for a lot of people and my I struggle with this or so I'm right here with you right I I still struggle with it but it we it is that easy in my opinion however, we gum up that system. We slow it down because we go like, Oh, but it, I heard it was hard. So then we make it harder on ourselves. We drag it out in these things. And yeah, you know, a lot of lessons and growth that can happen in that process of, of working through and letting go. I'm not saying it's all for nothing. There's, there's benefits to it, but we also make it harder on ourselves than it needs to be. Well, we keep dredging the stuff. Oh no, I forgive myself. We're good. We, we you know, like for me, the way I look at that kind of situation, like I messed up in the past. Okay, let me look. Let me evaluate it like a scientist. Let's see how I learned and can grow from it. What are the lessons? Let me keep the lessons. I release the guilt and shame. So now that's not uh, affecting me anymore. And then anytime that guilt or that memory pops up, that shame of like, oh, remember back then when you did this stupid thing? I go, (laughs) yeah, I I remember, guess what? I got that lesson, we're good. Hit the road, Jack, I don't know. Yes,
0: yes,
1: yes. You know, <clears throat> this is actually, a practice like this, uh, letting go, uh, is actually a practice that I've been practicing, and it's uh, one of my favorite, favorite, most favorite practices. Is like, how do you sort of retrain yourself at every, at, at the level of your thinking, but also the level of your feeling let go of stuff that's like basically junk and it's holding you back and how do you just let it go like let it go with more and more ease and uh grace and quickly to be able to just do it quickly because it is possible and i found that one of the limiting beliefs and i think this could be like you know one of those energy vampires that we don't recognize is that that it's this belief that, ah, you know, part of just being human is that, you know, we have positive emotions and we have negative emotions. And so we're going to feel negative emotions and, um, you know, you're going to be sad. And then we begin to sort of, um, I don't know if this is quite the right word, but I have experienced this where, you know, I got attached to my own sadness and my own suffering. And in a way, I was like enjoying being in, I would enjoy being in that state of sadness and suffering. And um, you know and so I didn't want to let it go like at one level I'd be like yeah of course I want to be happy I don't want to be sad but at another level I was uh, holding on to it I was holding on to the things the thoughts behaviors etc that were creating the, the the unhappiness and I was I wouldn't let them go because I, I got attached and in, at some level, I was enjoying that sense of sadness. Now, what happens, Spencer, I'm not perfect either at this practice uh, by any means. But now, you know, I, I, I can become more quickly aware of when I'm holding on. And I'm like, am I enjoying this? Do I want to hold on to this and enjoy it for a little longer? And sometimes I say, yes, you know, sometimes it's fun. Actually, now that the way that I experience it, I find it fun to, for example, complain about things. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to let myself be in this food for a while where I just get to complain about this and that and everything because most of the time I'm like all about happiness and positivity and being non-judgmental and so sometimes it's a it's a fun change <laughs> to be complaining
2: well it's it's it breaks up the pattern right of stuff that you're doing I, I really love that you brought this up because uh, You're not alone with that. Like I've been there and I know many, many other people have a lot of our energizers have as well, where they let's take sadness, right? That they they're attached to their sadness because they, they felt sad. There was an incident or something caused that sadness initially. And they felt that, and that's great. That's fine. I mean, it's not great that they're sad, but it's a part of the emotions of this human experience. we can have cool, but they get so used to it that then it becomes familiar. Had it becomes second nature, oh, I'm, I'm just always sad or I'm always doing, or it's a very common feeling. Then it becomes, oh, I, I, you become attached to it. It becomes part of your identity. And what happens is that emotion, and we're taking sadness, it could be any, anything. It could be uh, a feeling, an emotion. It could be a thought. It could be a belief. It could be a person, whatever. That, that becomes so much part of your identity, it's hard to separate the two. And what it does is it's part of your comfort zone. Well, I'm comfortable being sad. Being happy, mmm, mmm, that's outside my comfort zone. I mean, yes, I want to be happy, but oh, that's scary. What do I have to do to do that? That's outside of this comfort zone that I have. And the comfort zone is me being sad. and But I don't want to be sad, but this is comfortable for me, and it's scary, but I, but I don't want to be here, but I don't want to be there. And so it, as hard and as... Um, um mean as this might sound, some people haven't uh, hurt long enough to have that, or they haven't had a deep enough hurt to intentionally want to make that change. Cause when we when we want something or we want to change, right, there has to be a good drive to do it, especially if it's outside our comfort zone. So what mm-hmm. we have to step outside and that's uncomfortable of our comfort zone. That's why it's uncomfortable to learn and grow. Well, what's causing that? Well, they they haven't, there's not a strong enough reason why yet for them to take that leap. And when they do, or when they have that, then it's easier for them to take the leap. It's still scary, not saying it's not scary. It, it, it might seem difficult, but it doesn't have to be difficult. It'd be fun and easy to make that change, but it's still all of a sudden, oh, I, I know I realize I'm leaving my comfort zone of the sadness. I'm making this happiness. Now my new comfort zone and working at that. And just like all things, when it's first there, it's not necessarily comfortable. It's different. It's new. But then the more you surround yourself with it, the more comfortable and easy and second nature it becomes. Now, I do want to be really clear. You know, I'm I'm the prince of positivity, but I am absolutely against this whole toxic positivity mindset. Like, yeah, everything's happiness, sunshine, unicorns, and rainbows, and all that stuff. Hmm. Like, I I, I don't buy into that. Now, can we always be happy? Uh, I prefer the word joy. Can we always have joy in our hearts? Yeah, 1,000%. We could be going through a rough time dealing with loss, dealing with sadness, anger, but we still have joy in our hearts. And so, for me... I, I'm not into the toxic positivity aspect where like everything, sunshine, rainbows, and unicorns because no, you're living this human experience and this human experience is filled with some incredible highs, those beautiful moments and, and gorgeous times, but also it's filled with struggles, with loss, with, with the lower emotions, right? So the way I view it and people disagree with me, and that's great if they do, that all of uh, everything is a vibration of love. Everything is a vibration of love. The amazing, beautiful things, that's a high vibration. The anger, the frustration, the sadness, that's a low vibration, right? If you be positive and negative. Positivity and negativity are all love, just different vibrations of that love. So, um, and at least as is my current standing on it. I, I might change my thoughts or opinions, but that's where I see it right now is that it's all love. Well, okay, so why not experience a myriad of emotions, but I can still have joy in my heart. I can still be genuinely happy for the amazing things in my life and grateful and, and feel all that love and light. Even though, I, right now, it's a little bit of struggle. I'm dealing with some sadness, but that's okay. But I know I can, I, I live in this joy, right? If that makes sense. Um, yeah, need be really clear about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, and like for me, the way I think about toxic positivity, Is and thank you for bringing that up because that is an issue that keeps coming up again and again as a point of concern Mm -hmm. and you know like for me toxic positivity is when you try to be in a positive energy and mood uh, but actually what you're doing uh, or the way that you're going about it is in a context where um, you, you're suppressing your you're other You're under you the have rug. Not, Yes, you have not done what you need to do to uh, accept those harder feelings and then to heal those harder feelings. And you're just trying to hide from them and pretend like they're, they, they were, uh, they're, they're not there and hoping they'll just go away. If you pretend that they're not there and you ignore them long enough. And that's not how feelings work. That's not how feelings heal. And so for me, that's the essence of what is toxic positivity. But, you know, it's like you were saying, Spencer, it's absolutely possible for us to be, happy or in a positive energy, even when we're going through the most difficult seeming times in our life, um, because, you know, there's different levels at which we can understand and experience something, you know, so at one level, you know, you're recognizing loss. Uh, like if you're talking about sadness, you feel sad when you uh, have a sense of having lost something that you valued or someone that you valued. And so at one level, you can perceive that loss, you can feel that loss and in and feeling that loss, you feel sad. And at another level, you can also realize um, and be grateful for everything that you do have and, and therefore feel gratitude even in that, in that moment, you know, uh, of, of sadness. And so it's like, uh, and actually the sadness can be more surface level. Whereas the, the, the gratitude that you're experiencing uh, because you, you still have awareness or you make some effort to start to uh, tap into that awareness of everything that you do have, um, you know, and uh, like you feel that at, at, the, at a deeper level. And so, uh, and then also there is, you know, the perspective shift, like especially if you begin to look at things from that lens that philosophy of everything is part of the love energy and you think about loss uh, but everything's part of a love energy well what does that really mean and how do I uh, implement that understanding in my life you know as I'm living it and dealing with my sense of loss and and you know like for me a lot of it uh you know now um it's about recognizing that the things that I think I've lost they're never really truly lost I mean because like you know that's one of the beautiful things about looking at life and and the universe from an energy perspective that energy is never really destroyed you know it's it it just changes form you know that's one of the core principles of of, um, you know, how things in this universe work. I mean, there's apparently now some exceptions to the law of energy is never created or destroyed. Okay. But for the most part, that's true. Energy is not created or destroyed. It just changes form. And so, so when we perceive loss, you're, you're, you're basically, you're saying, ah, something has changed its form and I'm sad that it has changed its form. But then, you know, if you give your and you can, of course, uh, give yourself some time to be like, oh, that was a very nice form. And then, you know, begin to sort of uh, when you feel ready or uh, called to shift out of that, you can be like, oh, you know, it's not a bad thing that something changed its form.
2: Right. It it might not seem easy and you could choose to make it easier as hard as you want. It might not seem like a choice at the time, but I I, deep down, I feel it is. Uh, But it doesn't necessarily mean it's easy um, to make make that choice, I guess. I don't know. I think I just contradicted myself there. But in any case, I I see what you're saying exactly. Like, don't the, the energy changes form. You could be sad for that change of form, that change of way the energy is okay, but don't sweep it under the rug, right? The yeah. activities you said, it's like, yeah. let's sweep it under the rug, let's shove the skeletons in the closet and and leave. Well, that's not going to solve it. Go through the, okay. the emotions, feel it, experience. You can still have that deep, profound love, that high vibrational love in your heart while still going through uh, a lower vibrational time in your life. That's okay, right? Uh, but it's all, it's all part of this beautiful love energy. And as long as we recognize that, life's journey, is filled with highs and lows, let's understand and process and work through it, beautiful. And, and then we can we can continue to learn and grow and make sure we're filling our cup when we need to fill our cup, that we can uh, limit our the energy vampires in our life so that our energy isn't getting depleted unintentionally to the point where we get burned out, where we feel exhausted, drained, exhausted, our emotions are highs and lows and everywhere in between. And we just feel like though life is, at maybe a six, a seven or eight, or maybe less. But you know what? I am worthy of it being at a 10 all the time. So let's make sure our cup is, uh, the, the holes are plugged in our cup and that we can fill it and have the always be at a 10 and plus no matter what we're going through in, in this journey.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I just realized that just another aspect of the toxic positivity thing it's like even when you're in the state of sadness and you're like okay I'm going to uh, I'm feeling sad and you know, I'm going to acknowledge that and maybe even choose to stay in it for a bit the thing that to realize is that the sadness or any of the other harder emotions that come up um, you know they are just signals from, from our inner self and they're trying to tell us something they're trying to Teach us something, you know, and and they're not like our psychology uh, is not uh, designed for us to hold on long term to these harder emotions. It's actually designed, the harder emotions are designed in a way where once you acknowledge the lesson they're, they're trying to teach you, they naturally resolve themselves and go away. So actually, when we hold on to the negative energy or the harder emotion what is what we are actually doing is we are not acknowledging and accepting the lesson that it's trying to make us aware of so uh, it's just become aware of the lesson accept it into your life and without any guilt without any toxic positivity you will regain your happiness and your peace
2: 100%. I, I couldn't agree more.
1: Awesome. awesome. And you know, Spencer, I always lose track of time when I'm talking to you because I have so much fun. And uh, I think we have been talking for almost an hour again.
2: Wow. So, i time by when we're having fun.
1: Oh, isn't that so true? And uh, I want to keep talking, but I think it will be uh, better if maybe we bring you back again oh my goodness (laughs) but um for now maybe we can wrap up do you have any last thoughts to share do you have i know you do some really wonderful work with your community do you have anything coming up that our audience can join you for and benefit from
2: Well, thank you for asking. I, again, had an amazing time chatting, uh, just like the last time. And uh, we lose track of time every time. And um, it's such an honor to be here. And if you have me back, just I'm super blessed and honored. I appreciate it. Um, Talking about energy vampires is something obviously I'm passionate about. And because it's all part of this energy sovereignty thing that we talked about initially, right? The energy flow in and out. And uh, so, so thank you for letting me like jive and just uh, have, have fun talking about that and toxic positivity. Um, and, and you're right, we do things with our community to help them master their energy sovereignty. And we put some cool events and different things together. I know last time I, I talked about the, our academy, the Jones and Four Academy and, and the free membership we offered everyone. Um, but we have something really cool coming up. Now, uh, I know you live out on the West Coast, and um, I'm sure your communities all around the world, but for those of you, like we put on events here in Wisconsin, which is where our headquarters is based, uh, but we also go out all around the world for different events we will be, I think right after this episode airs or shortly thereafter, within like a month or two after this episode airs, we will be in Las Vegas uh, for an energy recharge event. Um, So really quickly, what is the energy recharge event? Basically, it's kind of what we talked about today, where it's a one day event. It's one day, uh, it's about seven, eight hours long, where we really work on discovering and uncovering the energy vampires in your life, for you specifically, we do this as a, a group of 30 or so people, no more. So around 30 people, we discover your our personal energy vampires and we learn to vanquish them, how to get rid of them, to plug those holes in our cup. And then how do we plug into our infinite energy so that we can always be poured into, we can have love and light. And so that we start filling our cup that, that's now not draining out all over the place. It's overflowing and we could build up that, that flow in so that now you can intentionally serve the people you want to serve. You can give your life there. And so that's happening January 20th in Las Vegas. And we'd love to have everybody there. Um, uh, If you want to check it out, I'm sure somebody will share the link, but it's princeofpositivity.com slash energy recharge LV. Uh, and uh, you can check that out. But we'd love to have you join us, Samia, and anyone in this awesome family, community. Come join us and and join the Energizer family because we're on the same mission, right? We're on the mission to help you have happiness in your life, to be at the 10 and to shine your light with the rest of this world. So thank you, Samia, for having me and allowing me to share that. We're really, really excited to head to Las Vegas to have this event.
1: Yes, thank you so much for sharing that, Spencer. And for sure, we'll share those links. And you know what? If you are listening or watching this uh, episode, even after this Vegas um, event has happened, still go check out Spencer's website. But we will also put the link in there. for because as Spencer said, he's having events all the time. So if you uh, uh, can't make it to this one, there will be other ones that you'll be able to make it to so go check out his website, get connected with the community, beautiful, wonderful community, energizing community that Stanford has created because that will help to make the whole process of change more fun and easy for you and to become more energy sovereign, more easy for you and fun. Uh, never forget the fun. <laughs>
2: Never forget the fun. You have to make it fun.
1: Yes. Uh, Oh, my gosh. Okay. So that I just uh, will say that until we connect next time, I wish you lots and lots of peace and joy.
2: Thank you. Bye, everyone.